Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast and boys, this is going to be electric. Are y'all ready to do this, a little bullet boys? What do y'all think? I'm ready, Anthony. I'm, I'm, I've got a tagline if you don't have one this week. We'll see what you got. It's the Audible Ecstasy podcast, getting you hard as a rock since 2020. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. I like that. Dude. That's, That's good. good. I, I was oh thinking God. it's the Audible Ecstasy podcast, <laughs> Honey Child, because he says that about all the damn time. So. He uses it. Oh, or God. it's the Audible Ecstasy podcast, getting smooth up in you since 2020. God. <laughs> This might go south faster. We probably need to. It is going to be an explosive move on to the music. There's no denying it, uh, <laughs> boys. Man, this has been a week. We've had we've had head notice for two weeks, so this album's been rocking the playlist quite often. So I can't wait to talk about. I can't wait to talk about these songs. <laughs> this should be. A I can't wait to hear you just have to say the the titles of the songs as we go along. This will hey, be good. All right, guys. So let's get this started. We're going to go with the uh, the track number one, "Hard as a Rock." can you say i mean clearly this album's not going to be very fast paced at all and it's coming out with a slow tune there that is less than a mid-paced rocker and it really just makes you want to go to sleep nope 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 this album starts out rocking and i swear to god the tongue-in-cheek lyric anthem continues this week we go from acdc to a little bit of uh, sexual innuendos on the bullet boys and uh, boys this is pure 80s metal fashion the song is a rocker through and through. Honestly, this may be my favorite song on the album. <laughs> I love it. I think it's hilarious. And uh, it, it's that bass driving the rhythm, the guitar riff, the tone of the guitar, the the funny lyrics. Uh, oh, my God. This song is absolutely outstanding. I don't know that it could have been a better song to start this album out. It's a nine. Chris, what do you think about Hard as a Rock? You know, I think of, uh, think of ancient Greece. I can see... <laughs> Socrates and Plato sitting around debating the the merits of this song. It's a lot of depth there, you know. It really is. There man. is. It's it is a philosophical <laughs> philosophical challenge. I know. It is. Yeah, I, I tell you from uh, from the opening, it's let's ride, and it just kicks off. You know, it's uh, you know you're in from for some eighties uh, sleaze uh, <laughs> sleaze and cheese. Th- this is sleaze metal at its finest, uh, and it's got enough vulgarity to make uh, Tipper Gore blush. I love that too. I think she, I think the PMRC was kind of on their way out at this point. I, I don't remember them having much pull in the late eighties. <laughs> that was more. Uh, if, if it was five years earlier, these these guys would have not <laughs> gone past our radar for sure. Uh, but you know, I mean, it is juvenile, but it's extremely entertaining. Uh, like Anthony likes to say, gets a toe tap and the head bobbing. 
Uh, it's a perfect opener, agreed. Uh, I, I gave it an eight and a half. Maybe nine is, is maybe the way to go. I don't know, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a good song. Dude, I just, like I said, I love this. I just, it's a banger, straight out, just right off the bat. Bam. All right, Anthony, what did you think about Hard as a Rock? It's a solid tune, man. It's a great way to lead an album in. And I, like you said, Jimmy, it's full of that dirty glam sleaze that was a big part of a lot of these bands back in the day. Um, catchy chorus, you know, wicked guitar solo. There's some good guitar solos on this album. Big yeah, vocals. You know, it's pure arena rock. It was built for those kind of arenas back in the day. I mean, what's not to like about it? I gave it an eight. I think it's excellent. So, you know, Fair I could enough. go higher yeah, too. All, man. It's, it's definitely one of the, close. there's a lot of great songs on this album, but this definitely on the floating on top of the pool, not underneath the pool. It'll be, you know what I mean? So it's definitely right. Oh, there. it's a floater. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I'm surprised this wasn't a single for him, to be honest with you, because it feels single-worthy. But uh, it, it does, but, you know, I don't know if they got the push they needed from the record label back then, just to be totally honest with you. Well, it was a late I think 80s, they released, I mean. well, they released Smooth Up. I don't know, Anthony, it was no, 88, 88, 88, man, this came is, out? This is right so in the sweet spot. No, this is in the heart. This is 88. No, 88. It came out it in September of 88. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. I, I mean, and they were right in the pool of, you know, the Cinderella's, the Wingers, the Poisons. This was right in that I, middle. They just didn't that push was, this band. Warner Brothers had something else going on, I guess. But I still think, man, even 88, 89, 90, that was kind of the era where this stuff was kind of waning a little bit. And it was, it was starting to hit that saturation peak, you know, or the tipping point around this time, it, especially October of 88, 89. I mean, and that, that probably, they probably got lost in the shuffle. There were so many bands doing it. You yeah. know, that sounded no, it, similar. They to were this. definitely lost in the shuffle. There's no denying it because this song and this song has, by the way, has made it through movies over the years for yeah, I've seen for various it. reasons. So, you know, this is a rock and tune. <laughs> the acknowledgement's which, which there. movies are we talking about? Not not those kind of movies, Chris. Calm calm yourself. <laughs> calm yourself, sir. Right. Calm down. All right. No, it's it's just in various I've seen it in various movies over the years. Uh it's just a rocking song. I think it's in a Will Ferrell movie, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, hell, I can't remember, but <laughs> can't it surprised me. Oh my god. Anyway, let's move it to track number two. It's called Smooth Up In Ya. Smooth Up In Ya! So, in the 80s, there is greatness, and then there is greatness. <laughs> this is all I had to say about this song. If you know, you know. This is perfection, not only in 80s hair, but in rock and roll. It's an anthem to the times. It's a 10. That's where I go. Chris. <laughs> the rock perfection, you know, <laughs> the, Dude, there's no debate. Everybody this knows is, this song. This is the song that everybody knows by the, and pretty pretty much the only song that everybody knows by these guys. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's be honest. They're they're basically one hit wonders, and this is the hit. Uh, but I will say, man, every time I, I hear it, it just cracks me up. I, I can't help but just like laugh when I hear this song. And and, it, and again, you know, I've always I kind of harp on this sometimes. I feel like music's exists a lot of times to put us in like a good mood or or uh, you know it, it i don't know if that's the case exactly but it, it it's the kind of thing that you could be having a bad day and if this thing comes on the radio and you drive home you're just gonna start laughing you're just and smiling, like, cranking being, it. i mean that's the magic of music you know what i mean it, it, it can prove as that elixir sometimes so that's kind of how i view this song uh i definitely think it's the best song on the album 
I gave it a 10 as well because I, I guess, okay, I think it's like sleaze rock perfection, which is what this stuff is. Kind of like 80s hair, glam, sleaze, whatever you want to call it. This is perfection in that genre, so I'm going to give it a 10. Fair enough. Anthony, smooth up in you. My only notes for this week come on this song from Wikipedia, um, and it's really not a <laughs> oh lot. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> no, actually, there's not much on it. I thought it would be more on this song, but there's not. There's nothing on the hardly anything on this album. There was one song here that was an OJ's cover. I learned that. So uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. I forgot which song that was, but it's on here somewhere. Um, for the love of Wikipedia. Money. Wikipedia. What's that? For the love of money. That's right. That's why it sounded so different to me when I finally realized that. But anyways, Wikipedia says, uh, Smooth Up In Ya, also released under the title Smooth Up, Smart Move, is a debut single by glam metal band Bullet Boys, released in 1988. It is from their debut album, Bullet Boys. The song was a moderate commercial success, peaking at number 71 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 23 on the Album Rock Tracks chart in 1989. So it took it to like 1989 to kind of hit high on the charts. Um, the music video features the band performing the song on a darkened stage set. Various caricature illustrations are shown throughout the video, one of which was used as the cover art for the single. Oh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, Howard Johnson, not the hotel, writing for Classic Rock, ranked the song's video at number 10 on their list of the top best hair metal videos. So it got a little bit of accolades there. So got to give it a little credit for something, even if it was just a one-hit wonder form. Uh, smooth up in you. Yeah, man, I, I, I love the way this one comes in. And I love that driving bass line throughout the song, too. You know, I love when the bass is prominent in a song, so... That's great to hear. You know, it's just a, it's a great, I said it's a glam metal treat is what I called it. You know, great transitions, catchy chorus, harmonies are on point. Mark is killing it on vocals. He's a solid vocalist. Um, also like the way the drums lead right into that excellent guitar solo. Um, zero complaints, man. It's a 10. It's perfection. It's, it's an iconic song. It's an iconic 80s song. I mean, there's, you make a top 50 80s playlist and this would be in there somewhere. You know, it, it's that high up. So, yeah, it's a 10. It's an easy 10. I mean, let's let's face it, guys. Anytime this one turn on the radio, do either one of y'all turn the channel or do you just turn it up? <laughs> crank it. No. I mean, you crank, crank this song. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. And that's the kind of that's the kind of vibe this song gives off <laughs> to this day some nearly 40 years later or wherever long it's been. Good Lord. 35 years. Jesus. It's All right, there. guys. Let's go to track number three. Ode to Joe. Kids, so we've gone from two rocking, rocking songs to it, another rocking tune for sure. But it's it's a little bit different, and and I'll, I'll talk about that. All right, so I don't know if you guys caught this. The cowbell starts this song off, right? Yes. Okay. It's a throwback to Mississippi Queen by Mountain. Oh, if you guys hear can hear it, I can hear it's that. Like, I can hear that. Yeah. Down, 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 down. You know, uh, it's it's great. Uh, I think it's it certainly is. It fits the tune. It's a little bit different because it almost makes you want to think the band's kind of trying to be a blues rock band. I'm not sure that's what their genre is, but there's a couple of songs that could certainly fall in that throughout this record. Um, I think it's got a groovy riff. It has catchy parts. It just doesn't compare with the first two songs because the first two were absolute home runs. Even even though I'm saying it like that, I'm not saying it's a bad song. I do think it's somewhere between good and very good, and that's where I stand. I'm at a five and a half on this one. Chris, what do you think about Ode to Joe? I, I agree 100% on the blues rock feel. Uh, the song that I thought it sounded kind of like was Hair of the Dog by Nazareth when I heard yeah, that kind of kick. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and 
I've noticed, you know, these first two songs that we heard by them, it's it's them. It's the Bullet Boys. Uh, everything else on this album kind of like reminds me of somebody else. And, yeah. and I, I don't know if they're trying to emulate other bands or if it just, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, everybody's influenced by other people. I get that. But, but a, a really good band stands out and you know it's them. And I guess you know it's these guys, but but this, it just feels like they're trying to be other bands in a lot of this album. And like I said, like you said, man, that Mississippi Queen, dead on. That's that's a probably better example than Hair of the Dog, but it kind of feels like they're trying to like throw that little style into their music and and make it something else. I don't know, but Mark does have powerful vocals. There's no doubt about that. Um, it's got a pretty decent chorus. Something you kind of remember. I mean, I remember this song from a hundred years ago. Whenever <laughs> I mean, yeah, right, I can remember right. listening to this when I was a kid. Uh, it's a little bit filler, maybe, but uh, I give it a six. I think it's a very good song. Fair enough, Anthony. Ode to Joe. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's another tune that kind of jumps right into it and starts grooving immediately. You know, they don't really mess around with a lot of these songs. They don't really gradually lead you in they just get right to the point you know which is pretty cool what up huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know it passes the crank test like the last three songs I, I dig the screechy guitar solo big drums vocals are solid um i gave it a seven i think it's a great little tune so not but it's not as good man. as the first two but uh i don't know if it's low either i think it's a pretty solid tune you know so i'm with you i'm with you on that i i, I you know i, I kind of figured it's going to I really thought it was going to be between you guys six and seven, and I'm right on the money there. I, I knew you were going to be close because I, I just, it's because it's it's hard to follow those two songs. Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> two iconically, two they're two of their best songs for sure. But yeah, all right, let's go to track number four. Shoot the preacher down, Chris. Goodness graciousness, shoot the preacher down. <laughs> now, we didn't get to capture the whole intro to that. That intro is like a nice, bluesy, rocking intro. It's kind of slow-paced, and it kind of works its up to the point where all hell breaks loose. It's a great way to capture the listener after the first three tracks. The intro may seem to go a little long because it is a little long in my ears. However, it works. Once the song kicks in, it absolutely rocks. Um, it has the Van Halen drum sound throughout. And you can hear that tonality, the the Alex Van Halen style, if you will, the hot for teacher style, if you will, throughout this. This song is great to my ears, and I gave it a seven. Chris, what do you think about Shoot the Preacher Down? Definitely has that uh, hot for teacher sound. In the beginning, it kind of has like, I want to say something off of, uh, what was that song you really liked off of uh, uh, the first? Maybe the second album. I don't know. There, there was a song that it, it's escaping. It might be Ice Cream Man. Something. I don't know. There, there's something that kind of like the beginning, the way he kind of like he dances around a song like like David Lee Roth. Right. And if you look up their right. their Wikipedia page, it's like the first thing it says is Torin draw drew comparisons to Van Halen singer David Lee Roth on his opening. I like that's what people compared him to. I can see why. Right. And you know, oh, I didn't yeah. I didn't think that when I was a kid, but I definitely hear it now. And, and it's, it's like I think he's trying to be David Lee Roth a, a lot on this album this is a prime example of that uh, it, you know the guitar solo was kind of okay on this song it wasn't great uh, it's definitely a rocker uh it, it i'd say I, it might be my sleeper man i, I just kind of like the the whole uh yeah wow i mean it, it's a great like i i give it an eight as far as my score went i think i think it's an excellent song uh, and it's probably because i'm uh, a big David Lee Roth uh, Van Halen fan I did like the little breakdown in the middle there where he kind of acts like a little televangelist or something during the, <laughs> the, the breakdown on this song uh, very showy very showman type again David Lee Roth I mean that's what it feels like so yeah I, I gave it an 8 
Would you think that's, I mean, I'm trying to think back of the Van Halen tune that opening reminds me. Is it Take Your Whiskey Home? Maybe, maybe. That sounds good. Yeah, it could very well be. Yeah. Because that's what I was sitting there thinking. What song is he talking about? Because I could hear it too. And, and, and I will, I'm not going to comment what you just said. When we were kids. Is this, so this is we love. Really, how's, how's that one start? Does it kind of start like a little ditty like that too? Which song? Uh, so this is love. I don't know. Hey, we can see it. It starts out as a Anyway, you you said something that really just made me think. We never did notice these Van Halen comparisons back then is because we weren't listening to these records critically and we just did not have the audible knowledge that we have now and the experience that we've listened to for, you know, over 40 years of rock music between the three of us. So, I mean... It's crazy when you go back and you hear all these influences, little nuances that you like. I would have never known that that sounded like an Alex Van Halen drum, but it does. I mean, that's that's there. And And, well, and then then we go and do a little research and see Ted Templeman is the guy that produces that. So why do you think it sounds like Van Halen? Because Anthony's like David Lee Roth Van Halen. On top of that, I mean, it's it's exactly what he knows and what he put on the. It's probably why it sounds that way, honestly. No doubt about it. No yeah, doubt. Probably why he took these guys on. He probably liked their sort of Van Halenist. I thought he can manipulate quality. them into sounding. He, like he absolutely manipulated was, yeah. the sound. If they didn't already sound like this prior to this record, he yeah. absolutely tuned that t- sound to the Van Halen sound. So Definitely. go ahead, Anthony, shoot the preacher down. I mean, I was. I, I wrote my opening note says sounds like early Van Halen, and these guys do an awesome job of recreating that sound. Um, so I, I hear that all over it, man. Even the guitar, even the vocals, everything in this song is like. You could transport this song back to the late seventies and give it to Van Halen, and you would probably not know the difference very much. Other than that, there'd be more talent in Van Halen, of course. Yeah, but there's, there's no Eddie Van hear, Halen guitar. You but you know what I mean like, by that? <laughs> you could slide this song into Van Halen's catalog, and you'd be like, oh, "Okay, that's a Van Halen song." You know, you absolutely. So, and that's not a no dig on it, you know. But it's no, probably another reason why maybe no. these guys never became. That's a compliment. It's, it's a, a compliment, compliment, but at the same time. Boys. If you're constantly sounding like somebody else, you're never going to rise. You know, you're always going to be compared to somebody else. Agree. That's probably why they didn't go very far. But yeah, you know, but I'm digging a lot about this one, man. The drums, the vocals, the chorus. I like that sort of bebop groove it's got to it. You know, Van Halen did that really well, too, that I like so much. Um, uh, I give it an eight. I think it's excellent. I think it's an excellent tune. It's a rocking tune. That chorus just blasts out of the speakers, and you just kind of want to, grab that volume knob right at the chorus and just turn it loud, you know? So this one really stood out to me. My first listen time, listen to it. This is one of those songs that kind of sold me on this album was I heard this one. And I was like, Oh wow, this is a, uh, this is different. It's, it's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, kids, let's go to track five for the love of money. Man, for the love of money. This is obviously, Anthony, you alluded to this earlier. This is a, a cover by a band called the OJs. I was familiar with the, the original version of this. It's been in quite a few movies over the years as well. Not not the Bullet Boys version, but uh, <laughs> the OJs version. Um, and I, I'm sure this has probably been in movies too because it was a cover. But uh, this is an absolute rocking cover that sounds fantastic and is perfect for the Bullet Boys. Mark's vocals are excellent for this song and the distorted guitars take this tune to another level. The band goes all out on this tune, and they own it. I mean, seriously, from the bass tone to the guitar tone, the Bullet Boys own this song. Uh, when we saw this concert way back in the day, you know, the Bullet Boys, Winger, and Cinderella, they played this. I don't know if you remember this or not. They did play this song. They played like six or seven from this album, because it's all they had, you know. But, uh, I mean, my God, dude. 
They own it. I think it's great. It's a perfect cover for them to to play because they take they just take ownership of this team. It's an eight, Chris, for the love of money. You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, they only had two singles from what I'm reading on this album, this and Smooth Up. Um, probably not the best song to release as a single compared to some of the other stuff on this album. Uh, I just I feel like it's kind of it's like I said, it's a remake. Uh, I don't is. think it's as good as the original. Uh, I do like Mark's vocals and and the bass what? line of stuff's good. No, it's it's not as good as the original, man. I mean, just to be honest, it's not. I love it. I, they, uh, anyway, you know, I, it's just kind of boring to me. Just, if I'm if I'm being one hundred percent honest, I, I do like boring. The, yeah, it is kind of boring to me. Yeah, Damn. it's it's not Ouch. like a song that stands out at all to me. Uh, I still gave it a decent score. Don't get me wrong. I, I gave it Preach. six and a half. Yeah, but I, I just oh wow! Like, so I'm the only one like this. Uh, here yeah, we go. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure anything likes it. I, Mikey likes everything over there, so I, I wouldn't worry. <laughs> I'll be yeah. I'll be in the minority. But uh, I mean, really, if it weren't for this, the the rhythm section, it's like, that bass is awesome and the drums are great. But everything else is kind of bland, man. It's like down, down, wow. down. Okay, well, that's how the song goes. But hey, it's okay. I know it's, it's okay. kind of a bland song. Honestly, I mean, oh that's that's God. what I'm getting at. They do a fine job with it, but I, I don't think this would have been my single. Like you got two singles, uh, you, you got "Hard as a Rock" and "Shoot the Preacher Down," and Lyrically other, speaking, with, they can't go too deep on the radio back in '88. Kissing oh, Kitty would have been. They put "Smooth Up." They put "Smooth Up," and they, they could have put "Hard as a Rock." There's not much difference. Oh, done kissing the lyrical yeah, content there. Yeah, Kissing Kitty, right? Nah, sure that, that's that's a little, <laughs> I don't know about that one. That one's that's God, come on, there, dude. But, you got Winger talking about. Doing a seventeen-year-old, for goodness sakes, back in the day, you think kissing okay Kitty wouldn't go over okay? Well, you're gonna on. hate my next score if that's what you if you love that song. Yeah, kissing Kitty is a great song, man. It's another. It's my flush. I'm just gonna let you it's know. It's about to get up. Uh, Why is that yeah, a flush? We, we'll Sucks. get to that here in a minute. But uh, <laughs> what would your flush be? It's the dumbest There's song no flush on this album. There's Together. no song oh below seven God. for me on this album. Of course there's oh not, because you're Mikey. God. You like everything. I right. really like this album. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, I can't me. take it. I can't take it's it. Good. Let's do this. But, I'm, right, but anyway, finish. for this, six and a half. Six and a half. Six I mean, and a half. You're wrong. Get, you're get, wrong. Get, you get right. fighting gloves on. Anthony, you go ahead and give it whatever you want to, for the love of money. <laughs> I mean, mine's only, it's only a seven. I think it's great. I'm not, I'm not like Jimmy. I don't think it's great. <laughs> Um, I love you know, the song. But, I could crank it. It passed the test. You know, comparing it to other bands, I keep hearing Living Color when I hear this song. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I can There's so much yeah. Living Color in this song. In fact, I could, if you put this on and said, that's Living Color, say, oh, yeah, it is Living Color. That's how similar it is to me to that band. But it doesn't hurt it. It's just, you know, again, right. they're just kind of riffing on everybody else. But me personally, man, I do dig it. Uh, vocals are strong. Harmonies are on point. They have a lot of good harmonies on this album, too. Um, bass guitar is getting lots of love, so I really do like that a lot. So, yeah, I gave it a seven. I think it's a great tune. All right. Fair enough. Both of you guys are wrong. Let's go ahead and go to the next song, <laughs> track six. It's called Kissing Kitty. <laughs> Kissing Kitty, the dumb, the drum intro and the riff are a great, great the way to start intro. out. The dumb intro. It is absolutely, yeah, let's, keep, let's continue. Uh, I think the music is absolutely fantastic, but lyrically the song just has, doesn't grab me. It seems like it's a generically 
lyric written song or written generically uh, to maybe be a filler. Maybe Mark, whoever wrote the lyrics to this one, just didn't have time to think of anything, and he was just you know, you know, scatting or whatever they talking call about lyrics. Wait, wait, Jimmy, wait, wait, wait. You're talking about lyrics with Bullet Boys. Nobody, mm-hmm. th- the lyrics are. That's what Bullet Boys is. The lyrics. It, okay, it smooth is. up in you. Listen, hard as a listen. rock. You're talking about the lyrics on Kiss and Kitty. For goodness sakes. I, I, I get it. I get it. But this song no lyrically is just not there to me. <laughs> you could have it done makes no sense. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It's just, it makes no sense to me when you talk about lyrics on this song, but smooth up is the, perfect. Hard as a rock is perfect. But the lyrics on this one bug you. I don't get that. I'm sorry. I, I don't. didn't say the lyrics of, of the songs are perfect. Smooth up is an iconic tune. <laughs> Kissing Kitty, however, is not iconic in any form or manner. Saying, Hard as a lyrically. rock is absolutely a great song. But the lyrics just don't match the groove to me. I, I think the song is a rocker. As far as the music goes, it's the lyrics that bring the downfall to this tune in my ears. And the only reason why it scored as high as I do score this song is because of the music. It's I just Mark's lyrics. I just don't care for them in this song. Kissing Kitty, gonna make rhyme that with Titty? Really? Why this not? Is a freaking Eminem song. <laughs> Five and a half. That's where I'm at. Chris, Kissing Kitty. That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Very good, man. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. That's why I, I gave it. it a five and a half. I don't get it. It's like he went to a, he's driving by an elementary school and he like saw some kids playing over in the, the jungle gym was like, Hey, give me some juvenile lyrics to throw in this song. And the kid's like, I like titties. And then next thing you know, I'm just saying guys, I mean, I don't right, get let, me, it. let me get to my, let me get to my just get over with. Let's get this song over with. I think it feels like a poison intro with the, Hey baby, whistling at somebody, you know, I mean, didn't they do that in one of those songs too, back in the day? Uh, yeah, like, they did all their songs. The copy and poison now. I mean, come on. Uh, listen, it, it's, it's very much in the pocket for what these guys are. It's, it's 80s sleaze glam metal nonsense is what it is. It, it is more on the generic side of that, though. And that's the reason I I, I, I kind of think that's what separates this from a song like Smooth Up or, or Hard as a Rock. Uh, it's just very generic feeling to me. It's not bad. I mean, it's catchy. And we're sitting here like bobbing our heads singing along to it. But but if we're being honest when, when reviewing this song... It's pretty mediocre. I gave like I gave five and a half. I think it's between good and very yeah, good, which is I, you know I must say my lowest score of the night, and I still it's, say it's between good and very good. But I'm not gonna like gush all over this yeah. song because it's not worth it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's I'm the same. I'm not saying it's bad. It's a good song. It's just it, I appreciate it, you it, giving it, me a chance to use that baby cry. I've been sitting on it for a long time, Anthony. You've, <laughs> you've stayed you've stayed in check for, <laughs> for quite a few episodes. All right, Anthony. Just give me one Kiss second. Just one Give second. me some kissing kitty. Hold one on a second. second. What are you doing over there? He's looking up lyrics. I don't know. Hold on. Hard as a rock by ACDC. I'm looking up the lyrics to the other ones. Give me one second. Why? Because <laughs> I want you to hear what the lyrics are to the other ones, too. One second. Ah, I, Chris is on point. You could have had a freaking fifth, fifth grader write these songs. Okay, here's how hard as a rock starts. My That's kind right. of baby, she likes to sweat. <laughs> And she likes it real hard. She likes it real wet. So how much more juvenile is that than kissing Kitty? Okay. I dig the way you touch me. You get me up like a shot. I dig the way you do me. You give me everything you got. Give me. Oh my God. Give me the lyrics to kissing Kitty, please. Smooth up in you. You say I'm never going to break you, but we won't know until we try. That's right. So now's the time to make up your mind. I said it again. Juvenile much? I mean, come on, guys. It's not that I love this song 100% either, but it frustrates me that you down a song for that reason. So, anyways. it's Yeah, it's it's still a good song. All right. Read the lyrics to Kissing Kitty, please. I got to look it up. Hold on. Oh, my God. I got to look I it up. Hold on. I th- how do you not know these? This is your song. Give me a minute. <laughs> is it something like, I got a baby. She okay, likes to sweat. Okay, I was cruising to the bar on a Saturday night. Well, a pretty with a titty kissing every dude in sight. Sees me coming, takes me by the hand. All you get's a one-night stand. How much different is that than the last two songs is all I'm saying. It's quite a bit different. It's, it's not. Just a, iconic. This is just it's, it's it's Yeah, there is nothing iconic about this song. It's not something you can drive down the road cranking. I'm just it does saying, not paint no the difference. There's no difference. 
So this anyways, is your, let's get your enough. review there. Mr. Go ahead and give it a ten. Prove yourself right. No, I think it's an eight. I think it's an excellent tune. Uh, it's a rocking tune. I think it's one of the highlights on the album, personally. Wow. Uh, vocals, drums, guitars, harmonies. I think they all work, man. It's that glam metal sleaze we all come to know and love. And uh, it's all <laughs> here. It's in its one it is song. glam metal sleaze. There's no denying it. It's all out. Just like the, like the first two songs, glam metal sleaze. They both are. So Wow. You brought out the 1979 Steeler defense on this one. Holy crap. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I, you know, I'll give you props. I'll give you props. That's good. Dude, defend it. Defend it to the end. Because I have the a feeling our next Brought our the next Steelers broadcast. into Bullet Boys. Come on, man. Hey, dude, you're you're defending this song like the like the Super Bowl champs were. I'm not days. defending. Oh, I'm just God. saying the, that part of it, the lyric part, is the part that throws so me. So you I'll are defending if it doesn't work. But don't say <laughs> lyrics angry. when you got lyrics like I got, that. I got to say, I, as the vocal... The volume coming for your microphone right now. I'm gonna to have to tune this down so much in post. I'm just letting you know. Man. I just don't. I I, this is another one of those it. songs that kind of sold me on this album right here. This song. So, anyways. holy smokes! See, Anthony, this is what I'm gonna to have to do our next podcast with my pick. Trust me, because y'all gonna be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I like, just don't get the did? the lyric part. I don't understand why you one it just one never set of lyrics compared to the other two. I don't. It get just it. feels very generic to me. That's all. It's and the other two don't. No, right. they feel more like rock. Those classic feel like rockers. Tunes, they yeah. feel like hard rocking tunes that absolutely could own. It's all interpretive. It's fine, man. It's all it the same it's, stuff they all did back in the day. So, yes, yes, they did, and that's why we love it. All right, track seven, "Hell on My Heels." Hit it, Chris. Juvenile again. Done perfectly. This song, just so I don't know if you guys remember, this was the second song they played when we saw him live, and that's he oh, screamed well, it out. Remember that dude, one, two, I, dude, I remember this stuff. <laughs> I remember, I remember him taking his glasses off during Smooth Up, and his eyes were so bloodshot that it looked like he was stoned out of his damn mind. Mark is that when he got hit with the glow stick? Oh yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think. <laughs> Was it them? I thought it was Kings. No, 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 no. Kings S wasn't here that night. This was, yeah, this was. When did Bullet Boys get hit in the head with a griller stick or something? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's hilarious. Nonetheless, so this song is absolutely having a riff from the Kiss playbook. The opening line, of course, is hilarious. I was thinking that too. Um, I enjoyed this song. This might be my sleeper on this record because I think it's that good. Um, it's it's an absolutely uh, mid pace rocker, and um, and, I, and I even noted that I remember when they played this song live back in the day. It sounded fantastic. Uh, the guitar solo obviously is not the fastest playing, but it fits this song, and it adds to the level of the quality of the tune in my ears. Um, they're not really showing off, but just adding a little bit of flavor, and that's what makes the song excellent in my ears. I gave this one an eight. I'm probably a little high, but I'll not. You know, I, I get it. I love it. I think it's an excellent tune. Chris, hell on my heels. It's a very classy intro, and the reason oh, yeah, we have to get the explicit get tag time. on this episode, but that's fine. I had to catch it. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, man, it's a really good riff. Uh, it's kind of bluesy. I like Mark's vocals. He's got grit to it on this song. Like I say, I, you know, anything that's got more of a bluesy side to it, I'm typically going to like. Uh, there is a little more like, I tell you, I don't know if you noticed this on the, and I didn't catch this part, but the guitar solo there. It's like he keeps, Mark keeps interrupting the guy with like, ooh, blah, blah. You know, just stuff like while the guy's trying to do the guitar solo, and I was like, man, just let him do the solo. Uh, that's right. the only knock on this song for me, really. But overall, it's a very good song on the back half of the album. I gave it a seven, and it would have been an eight if it weren't for him butting in with, with, during the guitar solo. But fair enough, did, man. Did you guys fair catch enough. all that? You know what I'm talking about when he did I, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said the guitar solo in it has my been ears a, a, was a little another, subtle. Again, it's not Eddie Van Halen, but it's Van Halen esque. Uh, that solo kind of reminded me of one off of maybe like uh. 
one of the later uh, Roth. I can't remember which song. I, I'm, but like I, it, it, I remember thinking, man, this also feels like another Van Halen thing. It's at the point where I was like, I got to look up and see who produced this album. And when I did, I was like, well, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. All right, Anthony, hell on my heels. Yeah, I like the bass line driving strong throughout this one. Uh, I like the harmonies, the way the song sounds. Um, and I wrote it, if you made it this far into the album, it shouldn't surprise you if this is another solid tune. Uh, and around the two-minute mark, I do like that transition a lot that they had in this one. Works perfectly. No issues, man. 7.5, somewhere between great and excellent. So It's no kiss and kitty, but I'll, I'll take it. I like it. <laughs> right, you'll allow no, it. It's you'll definitely allow not. It. Definitely not. All right, let's go. <laughs> no kiss and kitty. I love it. All right, let's go to track number eight, Crank Me Up. It's only better than Kissing Kitty, that's all. All right, crank me up. So the beginning of the song we didn't capture is, are we playing football here? It's like, 42, 42. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was anyway, all about. So I don't either, man, but the opening riff is pure Van Halen worship. The drum intro, once again, has hints Van of Halen hot for- worship. <laughs> it is, it is. It has hints for the hot for teacher again. The guitar from Loss of Control. And vocally, <laughs> it has some some stylings of the Hagar era Van Halen with the Get Up song. Get Up! That's what I was trying he to think that, of. That, That's what I was he trying to think of. He does that in this song. And I'm clearly Templeman was just like, guys, you got to do this. Trust me, it sells. And <laughs> it may have not sold for them, but it, honestly, it's there and it's working on this song yet again. And I mean, can you not picture? I, I don't think they played this live, just so you all know. I don't remember this song being one of the ones, but I could see Mark prancing around the styles of David Lee Rar kicking around and, and just kind of high kicks. And, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Just kind of screaming along. Um, the solo itself, yet again, another nod to EVH. I mean, the song itself, I I, I, I love it. I think uh, it's it's no fault to the Bullet Boys that it sounds like VH because of the production. Man, the song rocks. I gave this one a seven and a half. I think it's somewhere between great and excellent. Chris, what do you think about Badlands? Well, this is crank me up, but uh, <laughs> oh my shit, crank me up. Sorry, my bad, my bad. God, yeah. Well, you you nailed most of my notes. I'll kind of go over the highlights again. It's Van Halen worship at its finest. You, yeah, li- oh, you yeah. listed the songs. I didn't really catch the get up, but you're right, man. That, yeah, that nailed that. Uh, rhythm section on fire. Got to give Mick uh, Sweeta, I guess that's how you say his name. I don't know, a, a good job. He he kind of like, you know, a lot of times he's not Eddie Van Halen, but man, yeah, he, he he really nailed that solo on this song. I mean, it was very agreed, good. Agreed. Um, yeah, seven and a half as well. Uh, same score too. That's very similar awesome. notes on, on this one. All right, Anthony, crank me up. Yeah, you know, you guys kind of nailed what I was thinking. I was trying to put my finger on what this song sounded like. It is more like a Hager. I was like, it felt like Van Halen, but it didn't feel like David Lee Roth Van Halen. It felt like another, and it does perfectly right, to say that right. it's like Sammy Hagar, you know. So, But, uh, you know, man, you guys pretty much nailed what I said. Uh, the drums, though, I will say the drums, I think, are one of the big stars on this one. The drummer on this one is, he's going he's off. On point. Yeah. He's on point so hard. I don't know who the drummer Agreed. was, but uh, he's on point, so... Um, seven, it's a great for me. So I, I like this one too. So dude, said, there's not a song on this album score. I hate or dislike. <laughs> it's album is just a, a rocking album from start to finish. There's no real duds in my mind. So it's another one. was a guy named Jimmy DeAnda. Yeah, DeAnda. I mean, obviously, guys, he's he's incredible. 
I'm telling you, there's so much musical greatness going on here in this record. It's 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 truly an underrated gem. All right, let's go ahead. We'll move it up to track nine. It's called Badlands. how i started my notes off another van halen ripoff exactly <laughs> running with the devil is written all over oh, the beginning with at the least devil. the baseline don't it's the one that don't, starts too don't, man. don't. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's I so blatant that. that templeman is trying to pr- produce and return to a van halen formula that was so successful in the early 80s this song honestly could have fit in any van halen album prior to 84 any of them it has it written all over it and it's no fault to the bullet boys because they make this song rock as well. The vocals fit, the guitar fixed, and the bass really drives this tune home. Yet again, I think it's somewhere between great and excellent. I'm at a seven and a half on this one. Chris, what do you think about Badlands? It's to the point that I have to wonder if Templeman didn't have like a notebook full of songs that he like lifted from Eddie on the way out or something and like say, all right, let's, let's try these and see what I happens. I will assure you that's not true because Eddie would have sued the crap out of the show. You're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels, it feels like it, you know. It's like, it right, does, dude. On my oh, way no. out, I'm, I'm grabbing this notebook full of songs. Yeah, Let's this. see if we can take this one home. Yeah, push this on some other bands here. Uh, man, I really like the song. It's got grit to it. It, it. it is, again, Van Halen worship. But but it's I think Mark's got some really good vocals in it. I, he kind of has some angst in his voice on this one. Uh, it's a rocker. I gave it seven and a half. It, it's solid tune. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, right. honestly, the fact that it sounds like Van Halen's going to make me like it. I mean, it's just it's a <laughs> compliment. It yeah. It's a yeah. compliment. It is not nothing degrading to these tunes at all. Yeah, yeah. All right, Anthony, Badlands. Yeah, it's a great lead in once again, like they do so many on so many songs on here. Uh, big vocals, strong harmonies, all those things this band brought to the album are on this song. It's it's hard not to like this one, too. I gave it a seven. I think it's a great tune, man. Like I said, there there are no duds on this album in my mind. This is a solid, solid album from from this band. So Ted Templeman knew what he was doing, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, our scores are going to be so close at the end of this. I, it's this is going to be one of those ones where we're, we're within within a probably a half a point of each other, just judging by the scores that we've gone, you know, gone through so far today. So that and that says a lot about this record. All right, let's close this bad boy out with a track name. I don't know how to call this. Is it F sharp nine? Is that maybe I mean, F number nine? I don't know. F nine. Right, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, there's an obvious title in this song. I don't know why they call it that. There's a chorus. Number nine, F sharp nine, whatever they want to call this song. 
I mean, this is crazy, but I mean, and this is, I'm going to allude this to another tune that reminded me of from back in the early eighties. It reminds me of a song from a band called loudness. And I'm trying to think of the tune maybe it's crazy nights, but nonetheless, it is a great way to close out this album. The bass line driving this song is so catchy. Mark's vocals, he keeps it down in a lower register for the most part. And then he reaches up those higher notes, a la David Lee Roth. Don't get me wrong. Um, the stylings are there. Once again, it does have a hint of Van Halen, but not as much as some of the other songs on this record. And I'll, I will tell you right now, this song grew over me the last week. It really did grow over me uh, to the point to where I think it's somewhere between great and excellent. I think this one's a seven and a half, and I'll stand by that. Chris, what do you think about F sharp nine, F number nine, whatever you want to call it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a pretty good way for them to close this album. Yeah. You always want to lead, yeah. lead people wanting more, and I feel like they did that here. It's, it's more bluesy. It's less Van Halen-ish. You know, I didn't get right, any Van right. Halen on this one. So good good for that, I suppose. It's more like their true sound, I think. Uh, mm. You know, it's basic sleaze metal. I mean, here, right in the chorus, do you want it sleazy? I can make it easy. I mean, that's how it goes. Like, <laughs> can, can it be more right. And there's your title your right there. Do you want it sleazy? That's a good title for this song. That's right, probably better right. than F sharp nine. Yeah, I don't know where the, exactly. I, I, I don't know where it came from either, guys. I just, so so it, it kind of the it motif. Falls, <laughs> it falls right in the genre. The genre they're trying to market themselves in. I think. Uh, I gave it seven and a half. I, I think I'm gonna bump it to an eight. I, I honestly think I, I went a little low on this one. Dude, uh, I, I really like the way because it's just a rock and blues song. And you know, it, I feel like they close strong too. So that 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 means something. I think. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And honestly, I could easily bump that one today as well because it did grow on me. This one right here didn't. Yeah. When I first heard it, it's because I just didn't remember the song from the from the I, album back I remember in the this day. whole album. It's crazy. I can remember every song on this, this album. This is the only it. one I couldn't remember. I don't know if I just skipped this one a lot, but as I listened to it during the past couple of weeks, I was like, God dang, this thing is rocking. And every time, I, like yesterday morning when I sat down and did my critical, holy smoke, I was like, you know what? This is absolutely somewhere between uh great and excellent because i was originally at six and a half and i was like no much better much better all right anthony f number nine f sharp nine whatever you want to call it hit it <laughs> you know i wrote a closing strong just like you guys said with another rocking tune that is catchy and full of all that glam metal goodness uh, that permeated bands like this back in the day um, vocals are strong band is on point and like I've said many times, no issues at all on this one either, man. This is just another solid tune among so many on this album. Uh, 7.5, it's between great and excellent in my mind. So Here we go. Right off the awesome. same spot. Fantastic. All right, guys. So <clears throat> wrapping this, wrapping this uh, Bullet Boys album up, I mean, first, my final thought was, first thing was when you announced this uh, prior <laughs> to the podcast, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Because I remembered this thing sparked greatness throughout the record. Fantastic pick. Fantastic fun trip down memory lane for me. And I haven't listened to this whole album in its entirety in many, many years. I've heard a couple of songs here and there throughout the years. Obviously, the first two, without a doubt, uh, For the Love of Money, was in there every once in a while as well. But holy smokes. And Chris, you hit the nail on the head when you said... This song, the, the album really makes you think back because I never would have ever thought Van Halen back in those days because Van Halen was such a highly worshipped band. But now I see where they're paying homage to the Van Halen roots, to the to the influence that was so deeply in their DNA at the time. And Ted Templeman absolutely is behind it 100%. Um, I mean, we saw these guys live back in 88, 89, whatever it was. It's probably the winter of 89. I can't remember for sure. But it really was the icing on the cake for the hair genre for us. Fantastic show. I think they only played six or seven songs and all of them from like this record. It felt like a quick set for them. Well, it was, well yeah. you got to think about it. This whole album was Because you got Winger coming up after them, I think, right? So Right. Yeah. Right. I think they played for maybe 30 minutes and that was it. Yeah. And Winger paid for like 45 minutes. So this was, you know, for, for the Johnson City days, that was, you know, pretty solid show. Anyhow, I mean, my God, the fact that you hear all this Van Halen comparison, it really makes me smile in, my, in the, you know, just the back of my mind. Cause I'm like, God, everybody loved Eddie. I mean, everybody did in, the, in that genre. They all did. They want to emulate his tone. They want to emulate his playing. And, and this band not only took his guitar styling, they took the bass, they took the drums as well. And they kind of molded that into the bullet boy sound. Fantastic. Um, 
I know that we're harping on the Van Halen stuff. I, I am anyway. It's because it's great. It's great. This album itself just made me smile. There's some standout tracks that I absolutely couldn't get enough of. The overall on this record was going to be, it's actually higher than I thought it was going to be when, when Anthony picked it because I'd forgotten how big of a gem this was. This comes out between, uh, it comes out to be a seven and a half, and I'm absolutely good with that score because it is between great and excellent. And it honestly is worth any listener of our podcast, if you dig the stuff that we dig, you need to go back and listen to this record because it will make you smile. It probably reminds you of your younger years when you were a teenager. And this stuff really, the lyric, we all joke about the lyrics. Lyrically, it'll, it'll make you think back in your high school days. I mean, it's there. This is certainly worth the listen. Highly recommended. Go listen to this album. Final seven and a half. Chris, what's your final thoughts? Yeah, first off, it was a good pick, Anthony. And this is something I've kind of in the back of my head thought this would be a good one to listen to. I just never had the nerve to pull the trigger on it. But uh, but it definitely, <laughs> uh, well, you know, because you just don't know. But but I, in the, in my memories, I was like, this was a solid album. And it definitely lived up to the to what I remember. Uh, right on. I knew most of these songs pretty quickly listening to this because my memories came back that fast on that. I guess I listened to it more than I realized. Uh, it is absolute sleaze metal at its finest. And honestly, that's that's not a bad thing. That's just what this was at the time. Uh, it's not Mozart. You're not gonna like be inspired to go paint uh, the Last Supper or something, you know? Like, I mean, it's it's not that right. kind of music. It's it's uh, pure '80s debauchery, you know, Sunset Strip, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And that, and it's what it is, and that's fine. I mean, that, there's a, a market for that. Uh, you know, we we were talking, uh, Anthony, because you you kind of said, well, these guys came in on their way out. Or on the way out of the genre, and maybe that's true. I know it's we're talking about a, a few years here is all we're talking about. But I swear, man, I saw these guys my junior year of high school it, down in the pit at a concert, oh, yeah. and they were on their way up. Then I know they were. It felt like it, and I don't. I just don't know like how it dropped so fast in a matter of two or three years. But they didn't release another album until 1991. They absolutely missed the boat. They should have tried to put something out a little quicker than they did. Because by the time they put something out, their genre was gone. It was. Hair that, was that's for sure. And I don't know why they waited so long to release the second album. I, I Listen, Mark's the only guy left in this band. They've tried, guys have tried to get together. I, I read some article where they, a couple of years ago, all the original guys tried to get back together and two of them left. They're like, it's just too toxic. We can't deal with it. I assume they're talking about <laughs> Mark as being the toxic if one. If he's I don't the know. only remaining member, it kind of tells you a little yeah. something. So, yeah, but it, I feel like these guys put a great first record out right in the right in the sweet spot Mark. of the genre, really. And for whatever reason, just that's it. And I, you know, that it could be just infighting. I don't know. Uh, but overall, this album, you're right, Jimmy. I gave it a seven and a half as well. Where I bumped my, I had seven four, and I'm give it a point just from that last one where I bumped it up. Uh, very solid album, which I remembered, and I also would recommend anybody that grew up in this time. If you, for whatever reason these guys weren't on your radar, definitely you know give it a listen because it was a fun album. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Anthony, final thoughts, sir. Yeah, you know I'm glad I decided to give this one a chance. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to dive in and review it. It's definitely been one of my surprises. Like I said, I've been putting asterisks besides the albums that hit me this year, and this one in Santana both kind of took me by surprise because I didn't expect him to enjoy them that much. I really thought this would be a riff fest where we would just goof on this album and make fun of these guys. <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect I know, I know. to really enjoy it this much. So that was a, that was really a nice surprise for me when I listened to this one. Um, and it was a late era gym, man. I kind of look at this album sort of like a, I can't ever put it in words, but it's like a relief pitcher coming in the bottom of the ninth. Closer. When the bases are loaded, Closer. you know, kind yeah. of thing. And you, you need that last shot in the arm to get you over the hump. And I think glam metal might have needed a little something back then. Everybody was kind of getting generic. And here came this band, and they brought this kind of really fun album out. So I always kind of just keep thinking about that in my head this week. But I never could put it into words, like what exactly I meant by that. But it's definitely one of those late-era gems that, you know, that, that sort of stood above the pool. And there was a lot. If you just go on your music player and, and – do a bullet bully song and then just let it generate a playlist for you. You'll hear a bands that I, somebody, you know, like sleaze bees came up on mine that I heard a little <laughs> bit about. Sleaze yeah. Bees. Bands like that. that just kind of pop about out of nowhere. And 
you're like, I've heard a little bit about them. Like there was some, like the, some hags or something is another one that came up. I forgot the name, but anyways, like these bands, just so many of them is ridiculous. But anyways, I, I would advise you to do that because you would, you might find some bands you've never shocked. heard of in yeah. years. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, like I said, don't sleep on this album. It's an easy thumbs up, easy recommendation. It's one of my surprises for the year. Uh, 7.7 between great and excellent. And like Jimmy said, we're all right in the pocket with about the same. I, I, I knew we would be. <laughs> I knew we would be because the scores were just so much there. I was like, even with my my two, my two that I had at 5.5, the ones that were outstanding really brought those scores up, and I knew we were going to be close to each other. So, I mean, heck, guys, I knew it. And you're right, Anthony. This is absolutely a shocker because I was shocked at how much I appreciated this record as well. I mean, it's it is great. It's it's just a great. It's a fun listen. My God, it's, it's fun. Enough. It just it took me right back to yeah. like eleventh grade. I mean, straight up took me back to eleventh grade. I, I didn't write this down, but but honestly, there's another band that reminds me a lot of these guys. I think I I, th- I see a lot of parallels to them in Skid Row. They both yeah. kind of came out a little late after later. the curve. And they both had strong front men that could sing their asses off, quite honestly. And, and they were rocking bands, both of them. Uh, Skid Row, probably a little more successful than these guys, but uh, just yeah. bad timing, you know. I agree. I agree. I agree. And apparently both uh, singers are toxic teachers. Yeah, I mean, they can't get along with anybody. <laughs> but that's very true. <laughs> but Sebastian's except managed for, to stay Except for one of them kept the know? name of the band that was, you know, the, the band. So that's yeah, impressive. but Sebastian's no managed to stay around. He keeps popping up in all kinds of places. He does, Dude, Sebastian's yeah. a hard worker, dude. He And he still yeah. can sing fairly good from what I've seen. At least I haven't seen anything newer, but I've seen stuff from like 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. He still sounded solid, so. I mean, I'll give him credit. I haven't heard anything by Mark recently, so I don't know if he's still holding these vocals. I would imagine it's not going to be as easy because I think he was. I think I saw something recently by him, and he still sounded pretty daggone good for his. Oh, wow. Uh, his, See, that that actually shocks me. But you know what? Did he have jail time or did somebody in the bank go to jail know. for something maybe in Florida? <laughs> I, maybe I saw him get arrested one night for not paying child support or something when we yes, looked him up. Yes, that's what it was. I don't know if that's he served any jail it. time for it or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the vein of the 80s, you know, he's probably got a bunch of kids <laughs> out there. Anyway. Living the dream. <laughs> wow. All right, kids. Well, let's uh let's wrap this up with uh it's a pick this week. It's my pick and um Chris. And in this corner, weighing in at approximately two hundred pounds, is the master of metal, the guru of guitar, and a lover of all things harmonica. He's our fearless leader. It's Jimmy with his pick of the week. Week, week, I'm gonna go ahead and assure you guys, my pick is gonna have a ton of harmonic in it this week. You guys are gonna love it. Uh, no, in all seriousness, <laughs> holy crap! I uh, I'm picking a band that I did like when I was a kid. Uh, they are absolutely from the '80s genre, and it's I'm pretty sure neither one of you guys have listened to these. Maybe not. But I think it's it's worth giving us a listen. This is one of my my, my friend Chuck from down in North Carolina. Both of y'all have met him. It's one of his favorite bands. They've got an incredible guitarist. The band is from the land of the rising sun. The band is Loudness. I was just I alluded to loudness. this track on track ten from this Bullet Boys album, and that's the whole reason why I'm going to Loudness I was because of that. the first song is Crazy Nights that I just kind of hinted are you, to. Are you saying they're Japanese when you say they're from the land? They are Japanese, okay. but it's English. They sing in yes. English, completely in English. Okay. I remember uh, that. The album is called Thunder in the East, and it is, I think it came out maybe 84, 85, 85, 85, and it is, it's, it's got the, uh, all the, the tropes, if you will, Anthony, of the 80s genre hair. Chris, vocally, this is the thing I said when we were talking about it pre-show, vocals may take a minute, but I think you guys will appreciate the riffs. Loudness. Oh, I remember East. this band, man. I listened to some of their music back in the day. I remember this band. Yeah, well, you know, it's all, funny. I picked up my Apple music. Chris, I, I know you up. probably haven't heard anything. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Apple music has an essential album. Like if you pick up a band and it's the album you should listen to and they got one. And it's Thunder in the East. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you picked the right one. I'm, so. I'm, I'm more familiar with this album than the rest of them because this is the only one I had on cassette back when I was a kid. And um, yeah, dude, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a rocker. I'm looking forward to hearing y'all's opinions on this. At least listen to it once, guys. 
Sorry, Chris. I, I see mean, look on your face of disgust. Discography, man. It's no, hilarious. I, I have no clue what we're getting ready to get into here. But. <laughs> I remember them back it's in okay. the day. I don't remember a lot of their music, just, but I remember listening to them. Just listen to it one time through. That's all I ask. And you be honest about it. So, I mean, because there's, I think it's got a couple of great songs. I think it's got some mediocre stuff, but it's so 80s, it's not even funny. I mean, like I said, Jimmy, I remember them from back in the day. I don't remember their music 100%, but I do remember this band. So, uh, they're one of those a band like uh, was Saigon Kick another one that was uh, Saigon they Kick out of was the, they're not from, they they're from, from California they're from California they had like that's an one, Asian that's the one that Vince Neil killed right their singers no, I think singer. that was from Body Enough Enough wasn't it no I thought it was Saigon no, Kick no I think it was Saigon Kick what Chris was it right. really oh, wow that's maybe crazy. I don't right. know I have to look it up alright boys it's been an exciting week for the for the uh, Bullet Boys We'll wrap this thing up for the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it.